everybody, and welcome to our latest episode of Cinema Rogues. I think we're up to episode 12. Today we will be discussing Abominable, yeah. uh, the, the DreamWorks movie. That's correct. As always, I am joined by uh, Andrew. That's me. And Pablo, I'm back. Oh my God, Pablo. <laughs> I missed you so much. He's not back. He's still gone. Oh. oh. He doesn't talk to us anymore. He, he really doesn't. Nope. It's awful. All, all his YouTube fame has gone to his head. The show ended on good terms. I don't know why he doesn't speak to us anymore. Like, there was no fight or anything. He just was like, hey, guys, I want to do this other thing. Also, I don't want to talk to it anymore, apparently. you know. Yeah. <laughs> the only the only time he ever really pops up is to say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm behind editing the regular show. Yep. Well, I hope he's doing okay. But, yeah, me too. I'm sure he is. He's my brother. You'd think I'd know how he's doing, but no. He's not my brother, so... <laughs> I I know less information than you. Nice. All right. Well, welcome. Welcome to our weird show about movies. Um, just a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, if you want to hear more Andrew, listen to Board Game Barbarians. He's currently going through a D&D campaign, I believe. Yeah. And yep. Um, releasing audio of that, which sounds amazing. Have When's you your next episode? The 15th of every month. Oh, 15th of every month. And I guess I should have known that. If if Justin and I, we only recorded one hour last time because we had to take a break and it took too long. So if we record enough next week, um, then I may record, I may release a second hour long episode on the end of the month. Nice. Well, it's hopefully something for your listeners to look forward to. Yeah. Um, if you need more of me, you can check out my YouTube channel, Sightail Studios. Um, they've been going through Mario, or Origami Mario, as I like to call it. Origami. But uh, Paper Mario, the Origami King. Um, dude, it's a, I'm in a weird spot, because like, they pay for advertising or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. To, get, to get viewers. And, and every so often, I'll get like, comments on my video like, hey, how can... How come I got this as an ad, which is fine, you know, whatever, you know, but then I'll get another comment that's like, hey, how come you pay for advertisement for a Let's Play? I mean, it's the same fucking reason anybody pays for advertising. So people see it. Right. I don't know. It's just weird to me I that mean, people like decide to stop in and comment and be like, hey, why, why do you why do I see an ad? I don't think I've ever seen an ad for a Let's Play, though. Unless yeah, it well, counts on I Facebook, think, on Facebook's streaming service, how they just throw somebody up there that's streaming when you're streaming. Yeah, I mean, I think it. Let's Plays are, are things that people tend to go seek out specific games or whatever. Right. Uh, you know, as a traditional organic growth model. But after that, I want to pay people to look at my stuff. I think you should play um, the game Fall Guys. I don't know what that is. So it's a new game that just came out, PC. Mm-hmm. Um, and you play like these little like what were the were they weebles? The little like like the kind of they just look like uh, like a bean person. I don't know. You basically play know. like a bean person, like you're just like this <laughs> oblong shaped person with arms and legs. And it's like a game show where you're like uh you ever seen the show Wipeout? Yep. So you're basically like these weird being people that are in a wipeout style show where you're trying to be the last one standing in this like uh like game show. I would look it up. 
I was like, it's the, I don't really like watching other people play video games. Um, and one of my friends that streams was playing it the other day and it was, uh, it was delightful. Awesome. I'll check that out. So as long as you're not like super competitive, cause he was like falling off the map and stuff and getting hit and like, <laughs> you know, losing because most of the time you lose unless you're just really good at it. Um, and he, he was just having a good time. So as long as you're not like, I have to win and being like super ultra competitive, I think it'd be a, a, it was a, it was really fun and enjoyable to watch him like just get smashed around everywhere. Yeah. I think the only game I'm super competitive in is Starcraft and that's just because I've been playing it for a decade. So yeah. it should be good. I don't know. Like it was a really good like Twitch streaming experience. I don't know how well it would turn into a let's play cause there's no story. It's just like, all right, we're doing this again. Like we're, <laughs> we're going to the next <laughs> one. Uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Give it a shot. Uh, uh, if you've got, I think it's only like twenty bucks, and if you've got the humble bundle monthly thing, it's only like eighteen bucks. Man, even better. Yeah, I'll definitely check that out. And you should check out Retro Warriors, the the, the podcast that started it all. Uh, go go check out RetroWarriors.net. Check out Retro Warriors and any of your podcast aggregators of choice, as Justin likes to say. And uh, go go listen to us. They they are they are funny. And they talk about video games. So yeah. check it out. Um, so what have you been up to this, uh, I guess, week and a half since the last time we recorded? Uh, my wife and I finally hit the last season of Silicon Valley. So we're watching that right now. We'll probably finish that this week, I assume. Um, and then Sunday, uh, Lovecraft Land, Lovecraft Town, the Lovecraft show on HBO. Uh, yeah yeah i know what you're talking about i can't remember the name lovecraft country yeah i was close land country town it's the same thing Uh, Um, uh, love love country land is uh, love country love country land (laughs) love country land that's uh the new slogan of the usa yep that comes out sunday um so i'm looking forward to that we haven't started that because it's not out yet i uh i watched beauty and the beast by myself because i haven't seen it in a very long time and i don't the new one or the old one the old one the animated movie Um, man. Or the 1992 TV series. No, the 91 film, animated okay. film. Um, man, I do not remember all their faces being that like goofy. Like they were kind of really drawn weird. Um, I also watched uh, Nightmare Before Christmas because I realized a good one. I haven't actually watched that movie since like before high school. Oh no! And then whenever high school happened, it it reached that like peak fandom that I didn't want to watch it again. Like mm-hmm. I was turned off of it because of how many people were like, "Oh my god, I just love it so fucking much. That's what I watch it all the time." So I just right. didn't. I was just like, "Now nah, I'll pass." <laughs> and then I watched it again. I was like, "Yeah, it's a good movie." Well, like, and I watched the uh, the Disney Plus series about props. There was a mm-hmm. there was an episode on the Nightmare Before Christmas. And it like brought up my love of like all the how they actually made the movie kind of a thing. So uh, yeah. made me want to watch it again. I, I revisited the interview. Which one's that? The James Franco and Seth Rogen go to North uh, Korea movie. And <laughs> yeah, talk to yeah, Kim yeah. that's the one where they're interviewing Eminem, right? Yeah. In the beginning of the movie. Yeah, and he's like, "I'm gay." Like, and they're like, "Oh, this no, is like, wait, huge. what?" <laughs> yeah. Um. I I, th- I think it was fine. Uh, I think it like it was a funny movie and still like holds up. And I understand the controversy. And apparently, like 
Seth Rogen came out recently and talked about how like the whole Sony almost cutting the film in North Korea threatening to like take military action or whatever because of it uh apparently really like screwed with Seth Rogen's head a lot. Oh really? And, like he thought he was like going to die or like get death threats and like all this other stuff. So that sucks for him. Yikes. Um but glad it didn't happen. Um Right. Uh, and then Emily and I watched uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which came out last year. Uh, yep. I really wanted to see it. It was good. It was a good movie. It was kind of, uh, I don't know. It was good. It was kind of s- scary. Slow in some spaces. I don't know. Like, I get, so I get like weird, like how Justin doesn't play horror games. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really watch a lot of, ho- I actually do watch a lot of horror movies, but I don't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> like it's not like this like people are like oh that like i want to be scared kind of a thing like i don't know what it is like i can like my wife and i are like complete opposites like we'll watch a documentary about like jeffrey dahmer or something like that and mm-hmm. she's like scared of him because he's a serial killer and he existed and that means that real people can come in your house and just murder you like right but for some reason like i don't i don't care like this is fucking bother me <laughs> like i don't i don't give a shit like <laughs> Ten Bundy comes to my house. That's fine. I mean, who cares? You know, he's whatever. Uh, he's dead, right? He's dead. Uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so like serial killers don't really scare me because that's whatever. But for whatever reason, like supernatural stuff, which I don't like, I don't not believe in it, but I don't actively believe in it kind of a thing. Right. Like, I don't know. I don't know if ghosts exist. Like, Right. You make space for the possibility that it is real. Right. Like, I'm like, there's no evidence that tells me that there's no ghost, but there's also no evidence that tells me that there really is ghosts. And I've mm-hmm. had, like, creepy, spooky stuff happen to me in real life enough to where I'm like, I don't know, maybe there is, but who knows? Like, <laughs> so I'm not going to say it doesn't exist, but I'm not going to say it doesn't. But for whatever reason, like, spooky ghost stuff scares me way more than, I guess it's like the possibility of it existing in us mm-hmm. not... Like, I know serial killers exist, so I don't really, like, have to be scared of them. But I don't know if, like, you know, spooky monsters exist or whatever, so who I knows? I like that logic. That's good. <laughs> so, like, that like that stuff was kind of creepy. I mean, the scary stories, there were a couple of them that, like, weren't spooky, and then there's other ones that are, like, unsettling. Uh, but I wouldn't say it was necessarily, like scary i still do the thing where it's like the middle of the night and i have to go to the bathroom and there's a dark corner in the bathroom and i'm like oh, it's probably like a super scary monster like hiding in the darkness kind of a thing is it is it like several stories or like an anthology type movie or is it a series i don't know so they did like a thing where they um because i watched some of the behind the scenes afterwards and it was mm-hmm. written i believe it was written by Gabriel del toro uh, it was like a passion project, but he didn't direct it. He just like produced it and did the uh, s- the story. Like he wrote the story for it, and then somebody else made it a screenplay. Okay. Um, basically, what he did is he took like ten stories that him and the production crew thought were the most important ten stories that needed to be in the movie, um, mm-hmm. and then they whittled it down to like five, four or five that thematically made sense. So like they're all connected, basically. So the okay. story has a coherent connection between all of them, mm-hmm. um, but they're all still separate stories, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's like four stories within one. Um, 
And I mean, I thought like I thought this movie did bad, but it had good reviews. It made three times more than what it cost to make, so they're definitely making a sequel. Um, but I thought it did bad because they released it in like August or something, so mm-hmm. that way it could be a home release by October in 2019, which ended up being like I think I just I thought it did bad because in October of 2019 it was on sale for like eight dollars on iTunes, and I was like, that's not a good sign. It's only been out for like two months. Right, I got you. So, um, other than that, I saw Blinded by the Light, which was a movie about a, a Pakistani kid in England in the 80s who falls in love with Bruce Springsteen's movies, or not movies, music, and like takes him kind of through his college years and that. Um, it's Actually, it was based on a true story, and I didn't know that. So, neat. It's a pretty good movie. Cool. I have been doing a whole lot of nothing. Uh, really, just working and, and recording stuff for for the YouTube channel. Really, uh, we did. Uh, been, I, I think I said last time I finished Avatar: The Last Airbender. Started working on Korra. Um, yep. And then uh, we had started Perry Mason, and then took a couple of weeks off of it. Or I guess a lot of weeks, because when when we watched it uh, the first time, only the first episode was out. And now almost, I think the 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 first season just ended. So. How how is Perry Mason? I was looking at that. Uh, it's it's really enjoyable. Like it's the the beginning of it's like super disturbing. Um, there's like a like a dead baby with its eyes like sewn open, and it's so oh, fun. Really, really fucking disturbing. But um, the the story's interesting, and the and you know that's that's really been the only like super gross out part. I would say. I mean, there's a dude who like uh has his face blown off by a shotgun they find his corpse a few days later or whatever that's kind of gross but that's not as disturbing to me as a dead baby with its eyes sewn open you know um well because no one no one wants to see that right who wants to fucking see oh that was gross (laughs) (laughs) but no but i i've enjoyed it i think uh the guy that plays perry mason does a does a really great job in it and uh john lithgow's in it and he's always fantastic so okay yeah. <laughs> love that guy he's a good guy um been playing and 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 then you know in because of the youtube channel i've been playing a lot of video games uh origami mario like i said earlier and then i i beat breath of the wild finally nice i still haven't done that yeah my my, my kids started playing it and so I, I decided to finish it up so i could claim to have beaten it before they did basically how that worked out i just stopped right in front of like i got to like the last fight like right mm -hmm. up right right outside of like ganon's door or whatever Mm -hmm. and then i was like i've I've done enough like i did everything else like i unlocked (laughs) everything and then i just for whatever reason i was like i don't want to fight him (laughs) yeah i mean i ended i ended the game with only like 16 korok seeds I think I had an extra slot in each weapon, or in each, like, one extra weapon, one extra bow, and one extra shield. Oh, I didn't do that, but I I didn't unlock all of the Korok seeds, but I got a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was under 20. It was terrible. <laughs> it was it constantly in a state of, you know, breaking weapons or having, uh, finding too many weapons to hold. Yeah. It was fucking terrible. It's rough. But, um... I mean that's 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 really all I've been doing. I don't know. It's it's been kind of a slow slow week and a half, really. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, you know, with with the school starting up and and all the stuff that's going on, it's hard to to really get my teeth into doing anything and relaxing. Right. So. 
But uh, yeah, so let's get into some news, eh? All right. All right. The live action Mulan remake is going to skip theaters and stream directly on Disney Plus on September 4th for the low, low price of $29.99 on top of what you already pay for Disney Plus. How do you feel about that, Andrew? I mean, I think a lot of people already know how I feel about that because I voiced it <laughs> multiple times in the chat. For uh, an entire episode, you voiced it. Did I? About how you feel about you know, renting things for twenty nine dollars, right? Yeah. But this you one made an is, entire show about it. Well, no, I, I had a thing about renting things for twenty dollars because that's how much uh-huh. like trolls and stuff cost. And okay. this one is you need a Disney Plus subscription and thirty dollars for the rental, which is absurd. Um, it is obscene. That is uh, that is a god. That is a terrible terrible ask and the worst part is i know people are gonna do it right and i think that's what i I feel like disney the disney ceo and like bob chepek and a bunch of other people got in a room and they were like yeah we could do this for twenty dollars on disney plus but i think people will pay 30 yeah it really does feel like that and and disney has the the market space and and we're gonna get into that in a little bit um because of some of this news but Disney has the market share to be able to to bully the prices. Yeah, I mean they're it's they're they're already kind of placating off of our you know the adults want for uh, a piece of their childhood, which they're already not getting on these remakes anyway because these remakes are just kind of soulless and they're just not done. I watched like a YouTube video which isn't really saying much about a guy's like analysis <laughs> of um the new disney remakes and his basic like argument that the the old musicals that we loved like aladdin and beauty and the beast and little mermaid um uh, they were mainly written those three specifically were mainly written by one guy who died and then aladdin got kind of rewritten but he, he still lived by the old belief that he, stage musicals you know when you when you had feelings that you wanted to express you expressed them in song and then when you couldn't express feelings in song you danced yeah and okay. that's how those that's how those stage musicals usually are and that's how those movies were and in the new remakes they don't do that they just sing because there's a song there and mm. they also auto-tune the shit out of them to the point to where there's no emotion behind the actor's voice because they've auto-tuned it to a point and they've leveled it to a point to where it just sounds pleasing as far as the musical note is concerned, but there's no actual emotion behind it because they've digitally removed it. Yeah. It's kind of the opposite of the, the Les Mis thing, right? Like they had, they had their, they had their live singing, which is, is fantastic or whatever. But I think we've talked about this, you know, many times that, the 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 audio mix and the balance was was off in my opinion anyway was was right. off to where it sounded more thin and reedy than it needed to i'm sure they and, and uh, i also like i mentioned that to my wife and she was like well there's a couple of people in that movie that do act really and sing really well uh, mm-hmm. mainly like the the one the one she pointed out was the dude uh that dies um oh, yeah, yeah. spoilers Mary. yeah that he sings like super fucking well yeah. Um. Anyway, but and I'm sure they still technically like auto tuned it after the fact a little bit just to like clean some stuff up. But 
yeah, it's just the newer movies are all auto-tuned to crap, which I guess Mulan is not we're not really going to have to worry about because it's not a musical. Um, yeah, like I want to see the movie, but maybe wait till it drops the rental price in six months or something. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure like November, January, somewhere around that time, it'll just go on Disney Plus at some point. Yeah. But uh especially uh, if it doesn't do as well as they thought it would, I'm sure they'll drop the price. Right. Um but speaking of Disney CEO uh Bob Chapik, he said the movie uh, the move is covid related. <laughs> the movie is covid related. <laughs> Mulan, the COVID-19 the... movie. <laughs> Takes place uh, in China but... where the where it all started. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, yes, that is where it started, but wow. <laughs> okay. <know>. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but he said, we're looking at Mulan as a one-off as opposed to say there's some new business model or business windowing model that we're looking at. Yeah, he so it doesn't sound that. like that's the direction they want to go. Of course, being a CEO, unless it's successful. Correct. You have to add that to everything. Right? Yeah. If this makes enough money, then they will for sure be like in theaters next week. Also on Disney plus for $30. And really this isn't the only Disney related blow to physical media at this point either. Right. Or, or fit it to like releasing stuff uh, in a digital platform rather than your traditional models. Right. Um, they've, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I've got this as a sub note of, of a news item, but basically there are sources reporting that Disney is shelving and slash has no current plans for 4K uh, physical media release going forward for any of their movies, um, except for a couple exceptions like uh, Avatar is still going to be uh, released on 4K. I mean, I don't know why they would most people i don't yeah i, I, I don't know why they wouldn't a, a to be honest production i mean like if they can get the same price digitally that they can get for a physical copy why make the physical copy anymore i kind of don't even know why they make physical copies to begin with and the only reason that they would is for someone who doesn't live in a connection with the internet because the disney plus model is more profitable than making and selling dvds or blu-rays yeah, no, I mean, I get it from a business standpoint. I guess from a from a cinephile standpoint, I don't feel like uh, 4K compression and decompression has caught up to straight reading of 4K off of media. You know, you 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 still get some artifacting. the The codec is good, like it's really great, but yeah. you know, it's you can tell a distinct difference between watching 4K physical and digital still on a you know bigger tv yeah i can't so well fine then. <laughs> maybe but, that's uh, the, but maybe that's the difference uh, other disney news that it's not on here i want to just shoehorn in this real quick uh, yeah, zach efron it. is uh apparently going to be playing a role in a three men and a baby remake on disney plus oh yeah i saw that you know what i've come around on zach efron i used to make fun of him because you know it's cool to make fun of zach efron but you know, he's had solid work for the past, like, I, I don't mean, know, decade after almost. After High School Musical, I've liked Zac Efron. Right. I think from, what was it, Neighbors or Bad Neighbors or whatever? Yeah, it was Neighbors. It was a, it was neighbors? The, uh, I think he did stuff before that, but yeah, he's got well, I mean, a new that's, Netflix show, too. Yeah, and that's really good, too. It's basically Zac Efron goes and learns about how to be a better person. 
Well, I mean, he's learning about things like uh, <laughs> sustainable living and like green greenhouses or, you know, like green rooftops and things like that. I don't know if he's necessarily learning about it. I think he's just making a show. Of, I'm, he, I'm, I, he had to have known about a lot of it beforehand, before making the show, I assume. Sure. Yeah, the show is him like going and exploring these things and, and learning from people that are doing it. Like uh, he, he went and built, I say built, but it was... Hey man, I'm he, only he, one episode he, in, so I'm like, whatever. He he's learning about green wall, green spaces. <laughs> I and uh, he he and the guy that he's traveling with go and create like a, a green wall, like by planting stuff in into a wall that somebody else has built, and then like they leave or whatever, and the guy goes and like rearranges it and refills it in because they kind of did a crap job. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Um, God, what is the? It is down to earth. The Zac Efron is the name of the show. I, I learned about it. I know we're kind of getting a little off topic, but I learned about it from a like shitty BuzzFeed article or something like that where they were like, what happened to Jack Efron's like super sick body? Mm-hmm. Like what happened to those? Like basically they were c- complaining that his glamour muscles were gone and it was actual muscles at that point, And he started eating carbs and they're he like, still looks fucking great. And, yeah, Fuck and, they, and they were like, and he's hairy now. And I was like, I don't know. He's got a dad bod, like a super hot, or they're like, no, he's got a dad bod. And I was like, I wish every dad had that bod. Right. <laughs> dude, whatever, dude. I was Man. like, I don't know. He's still, he can still get it. Fucking BuzzFeed. Yep. Whatever. Um, um, yeah. But uh, back to news. The Walt Disney Company posts their first quarterly loss in almost 20 years. Mm. A loss of a whopping $4.72 billion in one quarter. Yeah. Um, Clearly, there are going to be implications down the road, but we we don't know what those are yet. Um, they're look, you know, looking at how to basically monetize the fact that everybody's at home and they have a media production company. How much? Uh, God, I really. Do you think Bob Iger knew about coronavirus? I just just like the stuff was going to go south. Not not specifically. I don't think I'm not. I don't want to feed into the like people. There was a global conspiracy because that's not true. But I just want to like, like. Do you think he was like? I don't know. I've been doing really good for several years. Something bad's about to happen. Like I can just feel it. I'm out of here. Even Maybe. though like, because he came back, so he named Bob Chepik, mm-hmm. and then he was like, I'm I'm sitting. I'm gonna take a back seat. I'm no longer CEO, and I'm gonna take a back seat for like two years while you transition or something like that. And then he's gonna retire. And then COVID nineteen happened, and he was like, "All right, Bob, you're Chepik. You're still the uh, CEO, technically." And then, as far as I've understood, like Iger has basically taken that role back secretly from oh, really? from stuff that I read online. It sounds like Iger came back and was like, "I'll just deal with it, and you can sit there." <laughs> <laughs> I I have this is not Bob Chepik's fault. Um, but I have I don't have a lot of faith in him, and I don't. Go ahead. I was gonna say is Chapic the the theme park guy that you didn't like? Yeah, he's the he was the CEO of or like the president or whatever of of theme park management before he became CEO of Disney. Um, and I you know I didn't really have much of an opinion beforehand. But learning about him afterwards, there's some stuff I don't really like about his practices with the theme parks. Mm-hmm. And if you go on a lot of forums, a lot of like Disney theme park buffs do not like him at all. Hmm. So 
him being CEO means that somebody else could take care of the parks. I don't really, I haven't looked into that yet or their track record. But I'm also kind of wondering with this loss, what that means for him. Mm, yeah, I guess we'll find out. I I would think he'll get some leeway just because of, of right. the unusual circumstances. But if it continues, like uh, business business people are terrible. So yeah, well, I mean, it's his job to monetize it and 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 figure out how to be profitable uh, while everybody is unemployed. You know, right. it's that's <laughs> it's what he's hired for. So I don't know. Um, Last couple bits of news. Uh, John Wick 5 is happening. That's confirmed. It's set to film back-to-back with John Wick 4. That's the last one, so, right? Uh, I don't know. Did they say... I didn't know if they said that that was going to be the final one or what, but I don't know how much more they can uh, squeeze out of him being you know, hunted by assassins constantly. I don't have the notes in front of me, but I originally read they just wanted to make one movie, and then it mm-hmm. did so well that the production company was like, you need to make more... And so he wrote up to five movies and said, this is where it's stopping. Like, we're not going to go oh. more than this. So I think okay. I think five, and that might be why they're filming it back to back is because he's like, it's going to make money. Let's just do it so we can get it over with before Keanu yeah. gets too old to make action movies right. anymore. Uh, and then uh, finally, Alamo Drafthouse is offering a quote unquote, your own private Alamo program. You and up to 30 friends can rent out a theater with your pick of a catalog of approximately 40 movies, and it only costs $150 to rent the entire theater, uh, but there is a minimum food order of $150. So if you can figure out how to split split $300 between 30 friends, not a bad deal. That is not a bad deal. Like, you, it doesn't have to be 30 friends. Can I just go by myself and eat $150 worth of food and die in their theater? Yeah, I'm pretty sure as long as you just give them $300, you can be by yourself. Here's $300, leave me alone. Is it food oh. and alcoholic beverages, or is it $150 of just food? I think it's just $150 minimum food and drink. All right. Get a hamburger. I think they're looking to, I think they're looking to get $300 out of the showing of the movie, <laughs> basically. It's basically, I just buy like a hamburger and a pizza and then just drink $130 of <laughs> alcohol. I mean, you could do that in a couple of shots of Patron. Wait, no. Patron's so bad. It is so bad. Don't do Patron. Anyone out there, don't do Patron. It's not alcohol. Yeah, we, we, I've got terrible stories about Patron. Hit me up if you want to hear them. Um, but let's get into the topic. It's not Patron. It's Abominable, which Patron kind of is. But <laughs> So Abominable is uh, a film about a teenage girl named Yi who encounters a young Yeti on the roof of her apartment building in Shanghai and names him Everest. Um, because he's looking at a billboard that has Mount Everest on it. And she's like, yeah, that's what I'm going to name you. And it makes sense. Uh, But they embark on an epic quest to reunite the magical creature with his family at the highest point on Earth, (coughs) Everest, along with her mischievous friends, Jin and Peng. But the trio of friends will have to stay one step ahead of Burnish, a wealthy man intent on capturing a Yeti and a zoologist, Dr. Zara, to help Everest get home. Released on September 7th, 2019, before all the crazy stuff happened. Um, directed by Jill Colton, uh, which it's it's an interesting story because the, the movie has been in development since 2010. Um, but she left the project uh, somewhere around 2015, 2016. 
and new directors took over, but she still is credited as the director of the movie and the writer. Um, and she's gone. She went around and did the promotional stuff too. I'm not sure exactly what her leaving meant. Weird. Uh, but that's, that's the note I got. Um, it stars Chloe Bennett as Yi. And, uh, I was, I was telling you before the show started, uh, that I was kind of mad about that for a while. Cause I just thought she was like this, uh, like super white American person, you know, playing this Asian character. And it was, it was kind of upsetting. Right. Uh, but looking into it, Chloe Benton, Bennett's, uh, dad is a Chinese immigrant. She yeah. is half Chinese and she spent some of her life in, um, she in China tried and to learned be like Mandarin. a pop star. China, right. right yeah uh her her birth name was chloe wang and she was trying to make a a uh a career as a pop star in china under under that name and that didn't work so, out so she just moved to hollywood and became an actress yeah. right and now she's daisy yeah. johnson on yeah. uh not avengers was it agents of shield yeah i guess she couldn't cut it in china so she had to come to hollywood and be a big hollywood actor i guess so you know but uh but but on that note i mean this this movie does seem to have gone uh if not out of its way, at least to consciously or is consciously cast, uh, you know, Asian actors as uh, Asian characters, which is which is nice to see. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a good step. But as we also kind of talked about, all of the writers and directors are all white. Yeah. So still still have that hurdle to jump over. Yeah. But this was even before, you know, all the uh, all the, the, the stuff erupted earlier this year, too. Um, so it's, it's nice to see you know, a small shout out to DreamWorks for being a little bit ahead of the game and, you know, not casting Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> oh yeah. That was a nod to me at the beginning because I thought that Scarlett Johansson was the main person because Chloe Bennett and Scarlett Johansson kind of have scratchy voices. So they s- sounded some similar. Well, it's also a shout out to Scarlett Johansson taking all of the roles. In this movie? I mean, she played everyone. No, in... In uh, <laughs> like she was in uh, what's that anime movie? They, uh, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, she played the main character in that. Yep, it was originally Japanese. Um, and then she got a lot of flack for playing some uh character, no. uh, not not that long ago. But I can't remember who now. Anyway, anyway, uh, in supporting roles you have Eddie Izzard as Doctor Burnish. Uh, oh, you know I, I forget I forgot to finish the leads. Albert Sai as Peng. Uh, who's a really cool character. Uh, he's a little kid that's just like super into basketball. Um, he's a fun, energetic character. And soda. And then you have, and soda. Oh my God, that soda scene was great. Uh, and then you've got Tenzig Nor- uh, Norgay Trainer, uh, who played Jen, who's kind of an unwitting uh, accomplice. Kind of gets dragged into the story, but ultimately ends up being a, a great part of it. You know, I, I liked his character arc in it. Uh, supporting roles, like I said, Eddie Izzard as Dr. Burnish and Sarah Paulson plays Dr. Zara, the, the zoologist. Um, critical response on this was pretty good. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, get 81 uh, tomato score, certified fresh, uh, 95 audience score. Metacritic has 61 uh, meta score and a 5.9 user. Um, so, you know, good to mixed uh, reviews. But um, I would say, you know, before we get into spoilers, my 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 kind of little s- summary of what I thought is that it is an enjoyable kids movie. Um, I wouldn't go into it expecting it to be uh, like a Pixar film where you're super into it as an adult. You know, it's it's a very basic kids structure. 
Um, but it was enjoyable. It was entertaining. There were a few twists and turns along the way that kept things interesting. You know, not the best movie DreamWorks has ever made, but not the worst by far. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. I would say it's a solid, uh, solid kids movie. Um, I, it's not really doing anything different to change any. Like, it's not breaking any boundaries or, or you know, kind of doing anything different. <laughs> right. I would say like it's it's better than like a Netflix made for Netflix kids movie that you would just kind of turn on. Um, but as you said, it's definitely not like Pixar quality. Um, and it kind of felt, and I'll get into it in the spoiler section, but it kind of felt like it was a Pixar film in the sense that it was a Pixar film from like the two thousands. I can see that. Yeah, for sure. Um, and that, uh, that concludes the non-spoilery section of this podcast. Well, we got the, Um, would you watch it? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just skipped right over that. Uh, yeah, I would say it's worth a viewing. Um, especially if you've got younger kids, um, you know, and and you're looking for something to, to entertain for an hour and a half. I, I think this movie fits the bill. It's a sweet story and they're, um, you know, there are sweet characters, there's magic involved, there's there's all sorts of, of fun goodies that, that'll that keep anybody that's watching it interested. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we kind of glazed over it. The, the Yeti is a character in itself. It's just not, it doesn't talk or anything, but it is a, a fun character, and I think it's something that would be liked by children. I I would say that if you have access to, we watch, you watched it on Hulu, I watched it on Hulu. I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's on anything else right now. If it's on a streaming service that you currently subscribe to, I would suggest it. If you're going to purchase it, I wouldn't. I yeah. I don't think it's worth buying. I would think it's, I, I would call it worth a rental, you know, like a three ninety nine, four ninety nine rental or something. I don't want to own it and I would not suggest you own it, but it's <laughs> worth watching if it's cheap or free or there on a streaming go. service. All right, so if you haven't seen the movie, you don't want to be spoiled, stop here, go watch the movie, come back to the episode. We'll be here when you come back. We don't want to spoil you. <laughs> uh, I mean, we do. We want to spoil you. With That's why information. I, I also like to spoil your ears with my sultry tones. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Aw. <laughs> reel okay, reel anyway. it in, guy. Reel it in. <laughs> uh, it's too much sexy for our audience. I'm sorry. Yeah, we're we're in like a rated PG thirteen show. Like we swear every once in a while, but there's no sex in this. I mean, if there yeah. is, it has to be tasteful behind a sheet. Like we can't show anything. We're shadow puppets. All right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so get, getting into the movie and the plot, um, it starts off with a really cool escape scene. Uh, it, basically, Everest the Yeti um, is, is being held captive um, by these researchers or whatever. Uh, well, you don't really know who he's being captured or he, he's being held by, but it's a laboratory setting. Um, and he busts out of the laboratory and um, you start to see like he kind of glows and starts making some noise and there's some like hints of magic coming on. And then all, and then it's just like a, a chase through, you know, uh, little parts of, of Shanghai and then he goes and hides and stuff. And I, and I thought that's a good, a, a fun way to open the movie. Agreed. I think it, uh, my my like personal philosophy on like stories is that you kind of want like actiony stuff to happen pretty quick just to grab people's attention, especially mm-hmm. nowadays. Um, 
because there's so much content that if you don't, then it's kind of hard to keep them. Um, and then you kind of build on that. So I think I think they did a good job of trying to like get you intrigued in the story and then building exposition on top of that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and and so Everest ends up, you know, hiding out by chance on the rooftop of this little girl named Yi, who has uh, recently lost her father. Uh, they didn't really say how other than he died. I don't know that it's important to the story. We at all. also don't know how recent it is, do we? Um, I, I think it mentions at some point, like, your father's been dead for X number of months or whatever. I don't remember. And I guess there is the picture of her and her dad, and she looks basically the same, so. Yeah. So it seems like it was recent, and that, that basically what she is trying to do at the beginning of the movie is is uh, earn money to go take a trip that her dad always wanted to take her on. Um, include, you know, seeing several cultural sites along in, in, in China and, and yeah. um, out towards the Himalayas. She basically has um, a bunch and, of postcards that she's going to try to follow in her dad's footsteps. Right. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's one of those where they, they set it up to... Uh, you know, she's hiding stuff from her, her, her mom and her, and her, her, what's, what do they call her? Nine, 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 nine. I was going to be like grandpa, um, grandma, you know, and, uh, <laughs> but ultimately she's high with well, the secret she's hiding is, is trying to, to get this money. And I didn't really understand that part necessarily, um, as a plot device, I get it. But, you know, from the standpoint of if First, I don't know how old this the, this girl is. I guess she's probably about uh, she's like high school age, high school, right? Because um, her friend is is looking at colleges, like that's yeah. part of it. I think like the um, best part was when my wife was like, "Why does Nai Why is she the only one with an accent? <laughs> and no one else has a Chinese accent." Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I just uh, it it didn't make sense to me that this girl isn't at least you know talking to her her mom and her nine eye who I I don't think she's like exclusively loved by her father to where she doesn't have a relationship with them and then so she's sneaking around like trying to earn money like why don't she just say no I'm trying to earn money instead of sneaking around and being like oh I'm just tired I don't want to talk I'm busy I don't know do you remember because uh, I still I may be thirty two. But mm-hmm. I still remember how it felt as like a high schooler. You don't really like talk. I didn't really talk to my parents. Yeah. Like I, I was, guess. once I got a car, I was basically like home from school, did any homework I needed to do. And then I was like, Hey, I'm going to go over to so-and-so's house. See you later. Like, <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know. I got, I get in trouble. I got in trouble, but I, I still like left. I, I think I I think my dad was okay with it because he was like, "You're not doing drugs, so cool." <laughs> like, I guess <laughs> go go hang out with your friends, uh, and that was about it. But uh, so she's uh, in the process of getting this money together. She's got her, her secret nook up on the roof, and that's kind of how she meets Everett. And um really like she's scared of him at first but then you know quickly realizes in 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 you know cartoon fashion that hey this is a scared creature and she wants to protect it and hide it from these helicopters um and she's assuming that she can take on the world's problems which you know maybe that's what high schoolers do i don't know 
<laughs> but, uh, you know, and, and I don't really want to go into like getting into the plot necessarily because again, if you're listening to this, hopefully you've seen the movie. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, that's kind of the, the setup that gets them going on the trip. And, and along the way you meet her friends, um, like I said, ping and, um, Ricky, what's his name? Ricky Gervais. Jin, Jin. <laughs> Uh, Peng and Jin. Uh, Peng is is a little kid that lives in the in in the uh, the same apartment. Uh, his cousin is them. Jin, right? And his cousin is Jin. Yeah. Anyways, right. they they are get roped into uh, following them to Everest. Right. So okay, and so let's talk about this. You got two high schoolers, a yeti, and like a ten year old. Yep. Traveling across. Literally all of China to Mount Everest. I uh, I think my favorite part, uh, not my favorite part, but a funny part was uh, Jin, who's the the high school student that's looking at colleges, is like, we're gonna go to Everest from Shanghai, isn't it? Like a couple hundred miles, and then the little kids like more like thousands, and I was like, this dude's going to college, <laughs> and he doesn't know how large his country is. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, man, I was, um, this is in my notes a little bit later, but I was going to complain about how realistic is it for these people to be traveling across China or whatever. Uh, but then I learned about uh, a, a dude named Lars Olaf Goran Krupp. Okay. He was a Swedish adventurer and mountaineer who made a solo ascent of Mount Everest without bottled oxygen or Sherpas in May of 96. To get to Everest to make the climb... He traveled by bicycle from Sweden. This is, I don't really want to get into it. This is not what the show's about. Uh Uh-huh. But can we talk about for just like, we'll give it like four minutes. We're going to time it. Okay, I'm timing you. Because I don't want to, I'm I'm not going to take that long. I mean, our discussion is going to take four minutes. Can we talk about like how stupid uh, climbing Mount Everest is? Uh, With or without oxygen. In general, how stupid uh, rich American and Europeans are for... So I know that climbing Mount Everest is a is a large uh, economic boom for the region and for mm-hmm. Sherpas and everything like that. But the way that rich white people... Because, you know, it costs... I think it costs like $50,000 if you want to climb no, Mount... No, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? Okay, yeah. If you want to climb Mount Everest nowadays, it costs about $50,000 mm-hmm. for supplies, your Sherpas that you're hiring, who don't know if they're going to survive the climb, but they do it because... um, And potentially... uh, You're dead, too. You're paying $50,000 sure. to potentially die. So if, if anyone's interested in it, I would definitely go look into... I think John Oliver even did a bit about it uh, last year. Uh, just look into climbing Mount Everest. Like it's such a terrible. Um, like I understand back in the day, whenever the first couple people climb Mount Everest, like it was a huge big deal. But now mm-hmm. it's 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 become this like Instagram. Uh, yeah, me and my bros were climbing Mount Everest next summer or whatever. Uh. You know, just because we want to be up there and and do what everybody else is doing, it's costing us like fifty thousand bucks piece. But you know, I think uh, I think we'll be good. Like it's the it's the dumbest, well, one of the dumbest declarations of wealth 
Yeah. Well, but. and it's 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 become I hate to say routine when it's something that's as deadly as it is it is as it is potentially, right? Yeah. But to a certain extent it it's become a routine thing. Um, and so the, the adventure of being somebody who's done something that nobody's done before or whatever is, is gone. And so at this point it really is just kind of a status symbol. Like not to take away from the guy that you're talking about, the guy from uh, Lars, uh, mm-hmm. and what he did bicycling from you said Sweden, right? Yeah. So bicycling from Sweden to Mount Everest and then climbing it is insane. Right. So kudos yeah. to that guy. But like yeah, doing like, like, doing something to where you're like, oh yeah, me and my friends, we just uh, we're so we're at base camp for a couple of days, and then we climb up. I don't know, like yeah, yeah, after that. I watched a couple, like I've watched like John Oliver's thing. I watched a couple other documentaries about it, and I've read a couple things on it, and it's just like, like it's such a in the the amount of waste and littering. I think we're over four mm-hmm. minutes, but the amount of waste that's at Mount Everest also has gotten to a, a peak point to where um, the mountain is just littered with not just dead bodies, but trash. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think in there, uh, I forget which, which, uh, which park it's at, but maybe it's, maybe it's Pike's peak where basically there's just like a three hour line to walk slowly up Pike's peak at this point, like every day. Oh, that happened. Uh, that, I think that was part of ever or John Oliver's thing about Everest is there's a line at Everest now. Oh, gee, yeah. Because there's only like peak climbing seasons. Like there are seasons where it's like you will die if you climb at this time of year. Right. Like, there's right. no way you're you're succeeding. And like so, storm seasons and shit like that. Right. So like peak climbing seasons, there is a literal line to the top of Mount Everest, which is also just fucking stupid. Like. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. All right. No, it's fine. You <laughs> went for five minutes. Whatever. All right. Um. But yeah, yeah, I don't know. I, I guess get, getting back into the movie, um, you know, I, I enjoyed all the characters. I thought all the characters were cool. Um, uh, I, I really liked Everest as a character. I, I thought he was he was sweet. He was adorable. Yeah, goofy, um, and, goofy, and to dopey, have him basically snowman, abominable. Yeah, snowman. and to, to basically have him be a child, uh, I think was a great move. Yeah. Uh, spoiler: He is a child. I guess we're in the spoiler section. So. Yeah, we are in the spoiler section. All of this is spoilery. <laughs> we're not following plot. We're just talking about our favorite bits. Um, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I was, I was just gonna. I've got like, just, I don't know. The way I write notes when we watch a movie, it's all like kind of in order, but also like scattered, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I guess I'll start off with like the animation style for me. Felt like in kind of like what I said, like an early two thousands uh, animated film in the sense that it was like better than Toy Story, obviously, because Toy Story was what like two thousand two, two thousand one, nineteen ninety nine. I don't remember somewhere around there, wow. two thousand. Um, but like it was very smooth. Like there weren't a lot of textures. It was very clean and smooth. Um, and kind of felt like a ripoff of Big Hero Six animation mm-hmm. style and character style. I can um, see that. Yeah, Toy Story was nineteen ninety five, sir. Was it? Jesus Christ? Um, <laughs> I was like, I know this doesn't sound right because I remember being a child when Toy Story came out. <laughs> yeah, no, I was. I was like, I was still in California, so I was trying to like gauge <laughs> when that when that was um 
I like this for some reason, like the joke wherever, like, so when, when abominable, when Everest escapes, mm-hmm. he gets hit by a truck and then like takes his wound up to, um, up to her roof mm-hmm. and, uh, up to Yi's roof. And later on, they, sh- they show the scientist talking to the truck driver that, that hit him mm-hmm. and they bring him like this big briefcase full of cash. And the guy with the briefcase has to go, this is a bribe. <laughs> and for some reason like that got me like the fact that he was like here's a bunch of money it's a bribe like made me laugh so there were a couple moments that made me laugh um i would say this movie just felt like a huge commercial for china yeah well and i think there was some there there is some ongoing controversy about that um but i'm okay i'm not like against like i have no problem with it being a huge commercial for how pretty china is because if you didn't know, besides like the cities that are completely smog ridden and um, until COVID happened, very polluted, uh, like the landscapes are like beautiful. Like the yeah, the no. mountains they went to, uh, like I've always wanted to go there. Um, like it's just a, it's a really pretty country and I don't like have a problem with it being like a commercial for how pretty, but I feel like all of the... I feel like all the budget for the animation and the graphics went into how pretty the landscapes were instead of like the scenes that were happening. Um, I, I mean the, the colors, the animation they used for any time that, uh, that Everest used his like magic voice were good. Yeah. Or, uh, or I guess just the Yeti magic in general. Cause even like the, the, that scene where, where she ends up like growing moss or whatever all over the stones and waterfall. Uh, when she first plays the violin after he fixes it. Oh, when they're at the Buddha statue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, like, that was really good. I also, like, story-wise, I I kind of felt this was, like, a generic story-by-numbers coming-of-age hero's journey story, which mm-hmm. if, if anyone that hasn't looked up, like, literature, like, most stories are going to be a coming-of-age story or hero's journey, and there's a couple other... And that's all stories always. But um, not Star Wars. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it just, it felt really like just c- kind of color by numbers kind of a story. And also felt like I, uh, the entire time I was watching this movie, all I could think of was Pixar's Up. Mm. How come? Because uh, it's just, you got characters um, in a far off land which granted they're thousands of miles away. So even though it's the same country, I still consider it like a far off land from where they started uh, with a magical mythical rare creature being chased by a white British guy. I mean, that's fair. Uh, But that does bring up, uh, they're not being chased by the white British guy the entire time. They start being chased by the white British woman. Yeah. Which I, you know, that's fine. Yeah. I, I honestly didn't see that twist coming. I'm not gonna lie. I thought that was that was kind of clever. I like, uh, yeah, I liked the twist of of Eddie Izzard's character, kind of like, oh, I think that these creatures should be protected, and I don't want to just. I didn't see her being like, we're just gonna chop it up and murder it <laughs> and like sell it to the highest bidder because that sounds useless. Like that sounds like, yeah. And she's like, I don't care if we have to kill kids, whatever. Right. So I didn't wow, see that lady. coming. Yeah, and the the <laughs> fact that like Eddie Izzard's character was like, "Hey, you want to sleep in my trailer? I'm a huge like millionaire or whatever, but you know you shouldn't sleep out here all by yourself." 
ended um, up being a nice dude. Yeah, like he was not a not a bad guy. And I don't like when I say I think I thought about Up the entire time. It's not a bad correlation. Up's a great film, so I don't yeah. I don't think it's anywhere near as good <laughs> as Up. But he didn't make me cry or anything. Um, God, Up. <laughs> what a what a movie. Um, but oh, 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 hey, speaking of that twist, uh, it comes out. You find out because Jin overhears it, and then he goes and steals a motorcycle. And there's this like huge build up to it, right? Right. Because you see him look at it, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get this motorcycle." And then he hops on it, and the music starts to swell or whatever. And he fucking hits the gas, and it just goes boom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight out from under him, and like it, it hits a tree, or go, maybe goes off into the distance, or whatever. At, at one point, they uh, they introduce because this is part of my point for this next this next bulletin. Um, they introduce a whooping snake, which are just snakes that go whoop whoop. Oh, my whoop kids whoop. love the whoop snakes. That was great. Like the the part where like he's in his office and he's like, "What about these?" And they bring in the whoop snakes, and the snakes are just like whoop 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 whoop. Like that was pretty like that was funny and, and enjoyable. But it also brought my least favorite joke. Uh, which is when they're looking for the one whoop snake that just that escaped. Mm-hmm. And uh they do a whoop there it is joke. That's a great joke. God, I fucking hated it so much. I was so <laughs> insulted. The snake pops up and goes, Whoop. Oh, there it is. So I I was okay with them going <laughs> Whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. But the time that the dude acknowledged the joke, it was the acknowledgement of the joke that upset me. Ah. It was the guy that, that was like, whoop, there it is. Like, <laughs> that upset me. Not the two guys. Like, there were two people that are like, whoop, there it is. Whoop, there it is. Like, normal people. That was fine. That's good. That's good. Um, I don't know. I don't really have a... I didn't really write much else. It was just... Very, uh, very generic. <laughs> it was. Well, I, and I guess back to the motorcycle scene that reminded me of, of a buddy of mine who, uh, unfortunately passed away when I was, uh, uh, like in college. Hopefully not from a motorcycle, which is why you connected it to this movie. No, okay, no. Good. Um, <laughs> it's a completely different thing, but he was in the jungle uh, and he hit the motorcycle too hard and he crashed through a bunch of trees, fell off a cliff. Anyway. It was funny. <laughs> no, uh, when uh, when he first got he he for, he and his brother first got a dirt bike and he was he was you know learning to ride it or whatever. I vividly remember standing in his driveway and his driveway was one of those where like you've got these two driveways that face each other and there's like a like a dirt road between them or whatever you know. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, he hit the he hit the he just he just popped the clutch and hit the gas. And the, the motorcycle just like goes up and he does a wheelie and like he rode it like across his own driveway, across the road, and then almost into the the, the basketball uh, hoop and in, in the driveway across the way. <laughs> I mean, the first time I ever rode a dirt bike, that's not what happened to him, but what happened to uh, to the character. <laughs> like Did I you? like I just like hit the gas and then like it flew out from under me. Cause I went, mm-hmm. I just went hard, it was like as hard as possible, <laughs> and the motorcycle just went. And luckily, it was like my friend's grandfather's like motor, like dirt bike. So he didn't mm-hmm. care because he had money. So he was like, I don't, like, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> like I almost broke his motor, his dirt bike, and he was like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> so, uh, luckily, it wasn't like a friend's motorcycle that he just bought or anything. But 
Yeah. Moral of the story, if you're learning how to ride a dirt bike... Don't just rev it. As, don't go 110% on that, uh, on that acceleration there. And maybe wear a helmet. Definitely, definitely wear a helmet. Uh, luckily, like, I just, like... It went out from under me, so I landed on my feet. <laughs> and, like, it just went... <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and my and my my only my only other note on this is that now that we know that stringing Yeti hair onto a violin will transfer the same magic to the violin, it seems like the most valuable part of this Yeti is its hair, not the Yeti itself. Well, also you have to go by the music or the rules of the movie are. It's more powerful the closer you get to the mountain. Yeah, that too. But so you are correct. Is like should, they should just shave him. Right. Put it, put his hair in a bag, carry it to Mount Everest, and then do magic shit. Can we talk about how large his parents are? Oh my God, they're huge. Like they're like four-story buildings. Yeah, they're almost like mountain-sized, it seemed. I kept expecting them to be like, oh, you've brought us this tribute of humans to eat. And then they just eat the kids. Like, <laughs> or like he turns around, and he's like, thanks for coming. And like eats them. Uh, that would have been a great ending for a non-kids film. Uh, you, you should rewrite that. <laughs> I should. Yeah, I'll send it. I'll send it to what's her name. And then she'll yeah, drop same. out of the project. Why didn't you end your movie like this? Um, I don't really have anything yeah. else to say. Yeah, it was uh, it was an all right movie, and I think that's a that's a a good way to end it. Is just kind of a and, and that was that. Yep, it's it's a movie we have seen. That is um, correct. And if you want to see it, like we talked about earlier, it's streaming on Hulu. Uh, it's available for purchase or rent on most digital outlets. You know, so it's it's widely available. You or, know, we we or come right. to Uncle Jerry's Bootlegs. Uncle Jerry's Bootlegs. He's got all the bootleg movies you ever could want. He's even got Dimney Plus. <laughs> Dimney? Yeah. Dimney Plus. It's like Disney Plus, but all the movies are super dim because he recorded them <laughs> on a VHS camera <laughs> in a low-lit room. <laughs> I don't know why that got me so good. Uh, awesome. <laughs> uh, anyway, go check it out. Uh, it's well worth, a, well worth a rent or, like you said, if you have Hulu, you know, watch it on Hulu. Uh, but like For Andrew sure. said, don't buy it. Yeah. Uh, next um, up. Andrew's pick. My next pick will be uh, American Pickle, the HBO movie from Seth Rogen. We will uh, see how that goes. Yeah. So uh, tune in. Tune in next time again with the tune in. Every tune, time in tune in for the movies. Uh, watch your feed for for our next uh, our next episode. It it'll be around in a couple weeks, and uh, we will talk at you then. Yeah. Bye. bye.